one con to rule them all. San Diego Comic-Con. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Dan Pierce, welcome to Dan. Hey, and Mo Walker, welcome Mo. Glad to be here. Well, San Diego Comic Con came and went. There was a lot of big news that dropped out of it, and we're going to try and dive into as much of it as we possibly can. Um, Marvel, who is probably the biggest deal at Comic Con now that Game of Thrones isn't around. And let's face it, they were sort of equal in some regards, um, announced their phase four lineup, which started with the Spider-Man film uh, that we just ca- watched this summer, which we we should probably touch on that at some point. I enjoyed it. The phase four is going to include a Black Widow movie, which will come out in May of two, uh, May 1st of 2020. In the fall of 2020, we'll get Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. November 6th of 2020, we're going to get the Eternals movie. February 12th, we're going to get Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spring 2021, we'll get WandaVision on on Disney+. May 7th, we'll get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Spring of uh, 2021, we'll also be getting uh, the Loki Disney Plus series. Summer of 2021, we'll be getting What If. Fall 2021, we'll be getting Hawkeye. And the one that I'm most excited for, though I am looking forward to Doctor Strange, finally in November five on November five of 2021, we're gonna get Thor four Love and Thunder, which may be the best possible name for a comic book movie ever. Mo, what was your reaction to this rollout? I I my my first thought was, where are Guardians of the Galaxy? I need another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But what were your first thoughts? Well, first of all, to answer your question about where's the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, not sure if you you noticed, but um, I saw James the tweet. Gunn, I saw the yeah. tweet about Suicide Squad, but that w- I saw that tweet after I saw the lineup, and so it was one of those things where my first thought when I saw the lineup was, "Where are my Guardians?" Well, you know, you know, Guardians, of course, you know, James Gunn. There were some issues there with uh, between him and Disney, and those have been worked out. And so we will get our Guardians movie, but it just looks like it's probably at the earliest, maybe 2022. But I think what Marvel needed to do, right, uh, this year San Diego Comic-Con was come out swinging. And they really swung, and they connected, and they connected multiple times. For me, uh I'm I'm really interested in this Eternals movie. Um, I'm not too versed in Eternals lore. Uh, ultimately, um, there were some Jack Kirby creations uh, around the uh, like these space gods and so forth. Uh, one of the members of the Eternals who will appear in the films, her name's Cersei. She was a member of the Avengers in the comics during the '90s. So I'm really kind of curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, with that film, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna have an interesting cast. So you've got uh, Richard Madden from uh, who was in Game of Thrones in there, uh, Brian Tyree Hill from Angelina the series Atlanta. Angelina Jolie. 
Yeah, I mean, Angelina. I, hey, I was building up to Angelina. Uh, you got Selma Hayek and... Uh, Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, Kamel Nanjiani. Yeah, so so it's it's this interesting mix. Um, I'm not too familiar with the with the director it's a female director which I, it's really really exciting so i'm i'm really curious i think launching it in that november time frame is a good safe move and i think that hopefully marvel can build up anticipation hey if they sold guardians of the galaxy i think that they can sell eternals um See, also, I trust them because yeah. of that i like i i never read a guardians of the galaxy comic book prior to um the films coming out and guardians ended up being one of my top five favorite of the movies. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and for me, like the guardians that were in the films that built on one of my favorite guardians of the galaxy comic runs from uh, Dan Abnett and uh, Andy Lanning back in the two thousands. But in terms of the Marvel films upcoming, I'm also curious about the Shang-Chi movie because we're in this film, we're supposed to get the true Mandarin. And if you remember, we got a faux Mandarin in Iron Man three. And so I given, so if you don't know much about Shang-Chi, um, he came about in the comics because of the sort of, uh, martial arts craze and then in the 1970s and so forth. And, at that point, there was a lot of uh, inappropriate stereotyping going on in the comics, and it looks like I'm glad they're going to dovetail. It looks like I'm hoping that they'll certainly dovetail that. I think they're going to be culturally sensitive enough and know that this film is going to do – they're hoping to have this do well in Asian markets. And I'm just curious about the Mandarin himself and what kind of character the Mandarin will be because – traditionally the mandarin has been associated with with iron man and then like you i'm also really looking forward to uh thor love and and then thunder uh because we're gonna go with the female thor that uh w that has been in the comics in recent years and so that i really am excited about that i love the previous thor movie they have the same director lot to look forward to and of course the coming of blade Blade is coming and Fantastic Four that was also name dropped. Dan, what were your reaction to the official phase four lineup that was announced? I'm really excited for this phase four lineup. And I'm even like, I'm even excited for the ones that the Marvel Twitter announced with uh, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel's 2, Guardians 3. Um, it, it's just it adds to this rich tapestry. Uh, probably the most excited, though, I am is for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, they announced that Elizabeth Olsen is coming in as, um, you know, Scarlet Witch. So it's going to be uh, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch. And the way the first movie was structured, you know, you, you're going to get uh, Baron Mordo back as a villain. And you, they could go in so many different directions. I can't wait for like another, le maybe a little bit more Dormammu. I know we got some Dormammu during uh, the uh, the first movie, but this it, it, there's just so many amazing ways they can go about this, and I'm so so excited. Um, I yeah, that's really where I'm the most excited. But Thor four is going to be so much fun. And the way they announced um, Natalie Portman 
it was it, it was amazing. And having uh, Taiki Waititi back as the director, uh, I'm just I'm so pumped. I'm I'm hoping um, you know Thor's around enough for the Guardians stuff. But even if it's uh, Natalie Portman and not Chris Hemsworth, I think I'd be okay because as long as the comedy's there and they play on everything, it'd be great. And oh, I. I can't wait. Marvel did write this Comic-Con. I was going to ask, um, just throw in something that I thought that maybe Dan had regarding um, the Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch movie. Now with their, they're delving into the multiverse and the fact that they now have access to Magneto. Again, do you think they're going to go back to have, making the Scarlet Witch be the daughter of Magneto? There, there have be- definitely been some hintings. I, uh, I read an article in Inverse uh, Entertainment that they that they may sh- uh, they may be diving deeper into that. I know um, in the MCU per se, uh, Quicksilver uh, is dead, so they can't they can't dive in as deep as probably fans may want them to, uh, but. You know, it's still a possibility, and this would be a great way to kind of unite the um, the multiverse. Also, Kevin Feige uh, said that there's another Deadpool coming, so that's awesome. At the very least, utilizing these connections and these particular characters is a great way of incorporating a. a another large universe slowly you know you don't want to do too much too fast well speaking of large universes that are expanding slowly uh that's a terrible segue or maybe it's a good one cbls cbs all access gave us star trek discovery and now we're getting star trek picard which just from a purely like layman standpoint coming out of san diego comic-con it wasn't Marvel. It wasn't any of the other thi- like other big news stories that came out of San Diego Comic-Con that I got more texts, Facebook Messenger links of from casual sci-fi friends. Like, I have a, a, a variety of sci-fi friends who are more casual. They're not watching it, like, every day, like, say, we do on Twitter. They don't necessarily follow the news. But I got more messages with the link to the Star Trek Picard trailer in it than anything else coming out of San, San Diego Comic-Con this year. Mo, what did you think of it? It Like, I am really excited, and I may actually, for the first time, pay for CBS All Access when the episode drops and pay for it f- for the entire season. I'm not going to wait until it's like the season is over and then binge it for and pay one month. Yeah, uh, Picard. That trailer, it was it was homecoming. It, it, as as they say at the South, it was homecoming. Not only did you get Jean Luc, okay, you got my man Data. You got seven and nine from um, start from Voyager, and it really truly feels like this is the show for old school Trekkie fans of the syndicate, the very syndicated Star Trek shows. From the '90s to early 2000s, truly, truly looking forward to to this this show premiering. Um, Patrick Stewart. I mean, Patrick Stewart is what 80. 
And he still looks like he did 20 years ago playing Xavier in the X-Men movies. Uh, so so really looking forward to it. Luke, you forgot the... Oh. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Luke, you forgot about the other Star Trek show that they mentioned um, during during uh, San Diego. The, star, the new, um, that Lower Decks uh, animated sh- uh, show that's going to be produced by um, one of the folks who uh, works with, on Rick and Morty. So Dan may Dan may may be interested in that that Star Trek Lower Deck show. I saw that and I was like, okay. Hmm. My first thought when I saw Seven of Nine is I better get Captain Janeway at some point in this, but I realize that that may not happen. But I'm just like Kate Mulgrew. I loved her, and I just need her to make a cameo. That's all I need. But Dan, what did you think of the Captain Picard? Or I always call it I like I always think Captain Picard, but it's Star Trek Picard trailer. I, I'm not really a Star Trek person, so I I'm just kind of like eh. a pox on your house, Dan. I like the only Star Trek stuff I've seen is the like the Chris Pine movies. That's that that's sort of my only uh, inclination in terms of Star Trek. I, I'm I'm happy for Star Trek fans. It's just not my cup of tea. Well, in terms of in terms of trailers that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, we got a lot of really cool things for me as someone who loves fantasy elements and the fact that Game of Thrones is gone. It seems like everyone is trying to bring out their version of that. We got the Witcher uh, trailer from Netflix, the Dark Materials trailer from HBO, and and this is stop motion because it's puppetry, but or, to an extent, but like the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance from Netflix were also released. The Watcher trailer already has 18 or 16.3 million views on YouTube. I was comparing that. The next closest thing, Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick had 21 million and Terminator Dark Fate, which has been out since May, had 18.9 but since just San Diego Comic-Con, The Witcher has had 16.3 million views. And I have not read the, the, the books that this is based on. But having seen that trailer, I am thinking to myself, I'm going to need to load that up on Kindle. Um, Mo, Dan, did either of you uh, read the books? And what, do you think, what did you think of the trailer? Wait a minute. I thought. See, see, for me, I thought The Witcher was a video game franchise. So, yeah, so that's the, an unfamiliar franchise. Sorry, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. I was just saying. So it, it started as books, and then it became video games, and now it's becoming a series. Um, uh, from my understanding, it looks great. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I'll tune in or not. Uh, part of my appeal for Game of Thrones was the political intrigue and the communal watching experience a kind of like a like a whole culture just diving in a whole society diving into one show I, I i might check it out though um i i know people were super into the witcher 3 wild hunt um that was one of the most popular games i think it was two years ago um and i you know it seems like a like a good opportunity to dive in. What I thought was most interesting about the trailers is for the first time in a very long time, Henry Cavill didn't look like he had a stick up his ass. 
<laughs> Mo, um, will you will you be watching? Yeah, I'll definitely sample uh, the first few episodes since I, since I already have Netflix. Uh, that's just a no no brainer. Um, you know, like I said, I, I when you brought up the books, Luke, I, I just I just was like fascinated. I was like, oh, this is a book series. So so I'm definitely gonna. Um, sample the uh, source material as well in preparation for the show and like I said it, this could be like like you said Dan Henry Cavill looked excited usually you know he's all morose and um and he's kind of sullen and stone faced even in that last Mission Impossible uh film he did he was kind of stone faced so you know who knew like the way to get like the juices flowing for Henry Cavill was to get him into like a Legolas, a Legolas yeah. Uh, wig. Yeah, I mean, really. As long as we get him cocking his fist like that Mission Impossible scene, I'm good. Like <laughs> he might be holding like a sword or something instead. As long as we get the fist cocking, he, that's he, fine. He got to lean up. A, he got to lean up a little bit after having have having to be such a tank for Superman and. Yes. Um, His Dark Materials is coming out on HBO. The, the, that is based on, if for people who may not be familiar, um, that's, ba- that's the book series. We had the Golden Compass movie, which wasn't that great. The trailer for this, to me, looked really good. I don't have a reason to have HBO right now. I'm not going to watch Westworld th- Season 3. I'm not going to watch The Watchmen. I will be um, reactivating it for his dark materials because it, for me, it looked really good. Dan, what'd you think of this? Uh, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, For me, I like, I'm sort of in your boat right now, Luke, where I, I don't have a super ton of reasons to have HBO. So this, this may be one of them. Um, I, I, I'm so close to finishing Westworld season two that I I did not see the trailer for season three, so that um that okay. that's on my DVR. But I yeah I'm I'm going to watch season three of Westworld. That's going to be my reason to keep HBO if I because I I desperately need one. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, his dark materials it was okay. Mo, how about yourself? I'm definitely looking forward to this. It's a um. It's a uh, BBC co-production, so it's it's probably why you uh, see somebody like Ruth Wilson, who um, is playing Marissa Coulter, um, who's so prominent a, 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 a British actress. Interestingly enough, you know, if you you may if you look closely at the trailer, you'll recognize like uh, the girl Lyra. She's played by Daphne Keene, who was X twenty three in the Logan film, and you know, I'm curious to see. Uh, her take on this role because X twenty three, aka Laura, was was such a dynamic character and much more of a proactive instead of a reactive character. It'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is also in this, which I'm kind of curious about because you know can he do something other than musicals and comedy? I'm I'm, I'm curious about him in this, and of course. Um, you know who uh, I think he'd make a good, and I'm not like, I I have not watched him on stage, but I've watched interviews and I've watched, you know how at award shows they'll have like short performances from various things. So I've watched him perform in some things. I don't know why this just comes to my head. He'd make an excellent Willy Wonka. Oh, 
Okay. Well, so so you're gonna steal that Willy Wonka crown from uh, Johnny Depp now and, and pass it on to Lin uh, Lin Manuel Miranda? Johnny, Is that what you're saying? Johnny Depp was just straight up creepy in that movie. <laughs> either either Lin Manuel Miranda or another good Willy Wonka choice, Thomas Middleditch. Ooh, he'd be interesting. Now, I yep. am not a huge dystopian person. Like, I appreciated a good dystopian story. Um, but, and I've never watched the Snowpiercer film, but I will be watching. I have not watched, T- I can't remember the last time I watched TBS, but the trailer for Snowpiercer on TBS, I was really impressed by it. Did either of you guys watch it? Um, I'd seen, they, I'd seen some, I didn't see this new trailer. I saw some previous material that had been released because if I understand correctly, this show has been in the pipeline. They, I mean, this show has been shot. It was shot a while ago and they've been waiting for, uh, an opportunity to release it because originally I, I believe this was supposed to be on TV, uh, TNT. Well, and then it Gen- got shifted over to TBS. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly looks I mean, her performance in the trailer is fantastic. And to me, this is going to sound really maybe derivative, but it looks like the capital on a train, the capital from a Hunger Games on a train, minus technically the, the, the actual games, and it's on a high-speed train. I am there for it. Like, seriously, I did not expect to be this excited about a show on TBS, but I am looking forward to seeing Snowpiercer on TBS. Okay, Dan, I've been delaying it as long as I possibly can. Oh, it's coming. Crisis is yes. coming to the CW. What did yes. you what what are you most excited about the Crisis event for all of our favorite CW shows? I'm excited to see like this is going to be the exclamation point that ends Arrow as, like, a show. And it's, as much as I'm excited about, like, oh, Brandon Routh is going to be Superman again. Oh, they're getting back uh, Tyler Hoechlin and, oh, I can't remember the woman's name who played Lois during the previous crossover, but they're both coming back. They're getting Burt Ward, the original Robin, like, there are so many aspects to this that are so exciting. You know, John Cryer, um, LaMonica Garrett is playing a dual role of the monitor and the anti-monitor. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is the final chapter of a journey we've been going on for eight years. And this all leads to some of the biggest things to occur in those eight years. Uh, it's just, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see them incorporate the Legends and Flash and Supergirl and um, Batwoman. Uh, it's it's going to be something to remember. And I, I just, I'm very interested to see how they fashion these seasons into leading into the crossover. Because we know... A little bit how they're gonna go from an arrow perspective but you know what legends isn't even gonna start at that point because the way the crossover is gonna work is we're gonna get three episodes of the crossover in 2019 and then two in 2020 
it's not just going to be a week of just crossover. So it's it's going to be interesting. I'm really, really, really excited for it. I know that like Arrow can be a hit or miss show with a lot of people, but the previous season was pretty darn good. And it's worth tuning back in just for the final 10 episodes leading into this crossover. Quick question. How high do you want the body count to be? Um, because like this would be the perfect opportunity for all the shows to cut some characters if they needed to. Yeah, I'd like at least four. Like, I, I, I think like a solid oh, three Oh, Legends of Tomorrow could kill off four on its own just by itself. The body count uh, better be higher than four. Well, I'm just Legends isn't coming back until 2020, so it's really hard for me to like. Well, I know, but like in terms of just the the CW shows that we have, I'll bet you you could take at least one, maybe two from the Flash, f- at least four from Legends. Supergirl yeah. could probably do one, maybe two, depending on who you are going to do. And Arrow, well, we're already. I mean, it's obvious we're going to lose Oliver. So, but I mean, there are at least two to three from Arrow that we could lose as well. True, but the flat. The thing is, they still have to make sense with the flash forwards, because we've seen a future beyond Crisis. They would like the only character that we haven't seen of the main heroes outside of that is John Diggle. So chances are it's going to be Oliver and John. And if that if it's just Oliver and John, that's fine. Okay. Because at the end of the day, they're 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 basically brothers at this point and just have such like a strong friendship and a strong bond that them dying together in saving the world, saving this multiverse. And we also have to deal with, a, a like, there's a plot point coming that was strongly hinted at uh, all of last season where John Diggle is going to adopt uh, Connor Hawk, who is the son of Bronze Tiger, the villain who became a hero last year. Um, it's it's going to be great. The, every, like, and they... Arrow also announced that they promoted basically the younger cast that was in the flash forwards to regular cast uh, this year. Uh, they Legends announced that the they promoted um, the woman who played the older version of the little girl that Constantine sent to hell. Um, she is going to be the main villain next year. Uh, they the actor who pl- who was in Heroes, who played uh, he played Dopinder in Heroes. Uh, he's going to be the main villain in Flash. Uh, there there's so many amazing things that these shows are doing to lead up to the crossover that is, as excited as I am about Marvel and how many laps Marvel is doing around DC right now in terms of just film. spitting out content, film content, DC is really it's a this is a culmination of years in the making for dc in the way that marvel had previously uh last year with uh, the the a uh, couple avenger films that we got um and i'm just i'm really pumped mo in addition to all of the crisis events it's going to feature cameos brandon ruth is going to don the superman tights again 
Uh, Burt Ward is returning as Robin, uh, from, and he was originally in the 1960s Batman series. John Cryer is returning as Lex Luthor. What do you think of the cameos, and what did you, what did you, um, what most excited you about the Crisis event news? Well, the cameos I'm really excited about the Brandon Roth um, as Superman, and from my understanding, uh, he took off a, he took off his shirt and he revealed he was wearing the Kingdom Come. Uh, Superman t-shirt, which if you're not familiar with Kingdom Come, was a DC was a pivotal DC story in the 1990s, uh, which showed an older Superman who was grappling with younger superheroes who were much more violent, and the fact that he lost Lois, um, but he had to find himself again. I'm I'm curious to see. If, if Brandon Roth is going in that direction, he, that's the version of Superman he's going to portray. I'm kind of curious to see uh, how they pull that off and differentiate that character from his portrayal as uh, the Atom. So I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by that. Burt, Burt Ward, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Because, if again, we're talking about multiverses here. This is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep. So you could very easily do a Burt Ward who is it's like okay um it's set on the air the an earth that was essentially the 1960s batman tv show and he would just essentially be like a 70 year old dick grayson which it'd be intriguing to see you know that and how much do they incorporate from that old television series because uh i believe they're still like uh lee merriweather i believe she's still alive um who was one of the cat women in that show um so you may be able to like even have like a couple other cameos just from that 1960s Batman series as as well. Um, and just overall, it just I'm really so, really really curious about how much they're going to pull from that source material. Uh, the, the the comics version of Crisis on Infinite Earths it, it's 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 approaching 35 years old, and they've introduced the monitor you've seen the monitor i like the look of the monitor we're getting the anti-monitor we're getting the anti-monitor and if you the anti-monitor if you if you don't know i mean he's this big bulky thing so it's like are you gonna have cgi is it going to be a human in a costume what's it gonna be that look is gonna be really pivotal for selling this um i believe i think that you know they're laying the tracks Bringing back Lex Luthor, uh, John Cryer's Lex Luthor. We know he's coming back. It's, I believe, is also going to be essential. I'm and and what Dan um, mentioned about you know kind of um, the the herd uh, thinning the herd as as it were with the, some of these shows. Um, I definitely think uh, Bronze Tiger is going to go. He, I think he's marked for death in this crossover. Uh, I have a feeling. I feel like based on the con the, the context of the, of the um, last season's Arrow, the way in which they discussed um, the Diggle household, uh, I feel like John Diggle survives the crisis. But I could be I could be wrong, and it was just based on what they were saying in in that um, in those episodes. Uh, I like the fact that um, on Legends. Sarah is getting a superpower this upcoming season. Yes. Uh, and I believe that was in a, they, they, they didn't exactly say what our superpower is, but it was mentioned in like an entertainment weekly article leading up to San Diego. And then I'm, I'm also curious that like the flash, uh, they mentioned that the way they're going to structure this season is that they're going to have multiple main big, 
big uh, bad guys. Um, so I believe um, I know you were talking about from uh, Heroes Dan um, Cinder. Uh, I think that something like that. That was him for his character um, from. Um, from Heroes, he was the scientist guy. Yes, it, yeah. the narrator scientist guy. Yeah, who, yeah. Like became like the bug guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm so I think his character is like Bloodworks or something. I'm not too familiar with that. He's going to be the villain of like the first half of the season leading up to the crisis, and they're going to have another villain after the crisis. I think structuring a show like The Flash, which is going to have 22 episodes or 23, probably 22, you need multiple villains. Um, and in touching on Supergirl, they're already going to have a culling over there even before of cast members before we even get to the crisis. Jimmy Olsen's, or James Olsen is gone. Oh, that thank actor, God. That actor is gone. He is gone. Um, when is coming back for a period of time, we... Um, they're going to introduce a new superhero in that show, and Kara's actually getting a uh, getting a new costume, which I'm she's going to have pants now. It's going to look like her. To me, it looks kind of like her costume from the the video game Injustice. Uh, I like the look of it. So so because um, there were some comments in the previous season when she was fighting um, Red Daughter about why are you wearing a mini skirt? You know, like. You should be wearing pants or something, and like so. So she's going to get a costume upgrade. I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward. The crisis is as high on my radar in terms of must see TV um, in the fall of or the winter of of 2019 uh, 2020. Here's what I need to happen in crisis, and I will be happy. Okay, maybe not, but we'll we'll pretend I will be. I need Brandon Ruth as Superman. To have a scene with Tyler, and I always pronounce his last name wrong, Hochlin or Hochlin, um, as Superman. I need to have those two in a scene where they look at each other and be like, "You're shorter on your Earth," and the other one, and and then he comes back with some comment about um, Brandon Ruth being like taller or skinnier or something. I just need those two Supermen in the same scene commenting on each other being so drastically different because one of them is better as Superman than the other. And you can choose that for what you can take that for however you want it. In addition to crisis, we got a better look at Batwoman starring Ruby Rose as Kate Kane. I'm really interested to see how this develops. I feel like I, I, and maybe this won't make sense. I feel like the CW has sort of taken and made Batwoman a little bit of an Arrow um, hybrid mixed with Gotham. And maybe it's because the Batman mythology just has so many really fantastic villains in it that are like, that you can depict so well and so visually. But watching the trailer, I felt like, okay, this is the love child of Arrow and Gotham. Mo, what did you think? I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I think that this show is clearly building. It's, it's standing on the shoulders of Arrow. And the, the interesting thing, I think, with Batwoman is how much of the sort of Batman comic mythology and her villains are you going to incorporate this show versus the traditional Batman slash Gotham 
type of characters. And if you go down the rabbit hole of what you get in the traditional Batwoman comics, there's a lot of supernatural elements to it. Uh, there's something called the Book of um, the whole this whole uh, crime religion um, storyline. There's this the whole this whole there's a whole arc with. Um, with uh, Alice, who I'm not even going to spoil who that character is in relation to uh, Batwoman, that if you read the comics, you'll know exactly who that character is. So there's this whole supernatural sort of metaphysical side that they can delve into that would differentiate themselves from Arrow. Batman is such a flexible property that Batman can do supernatural. He's done supernatural in comics. He, he, you know, he can do wacky, zany villains. I think that this show should do a hybrid of the two, so it would help it differentiate itself from Arrow and other shows like Gotham. Because in addition to Batwoman, we have a Pennyworth show, a show, a prequel, a Gotham prequel show. That's a that that is going to be on the uh, the streaming network Epics, and it's going to feature Alfred. And it's been and it's by the producers of Gotham and it's been billed as a a Batman, a Gotham prequel show. So Batwoman has to differentiate itself out the gate. I think it needs to lean into the the whole mythology of the Canes and the Waynes, as I like to say. You know, she's at the end of that, she's Bruce Wayne's cousin. You know, I like them to explore that lineage of Martha Kane, Martha uh, Bruce Wayne's mother, her side of the family, because you really don't get to talk about the, the Canes. The Canes are well, a pivotal family in Gotham in the comic mythology. Um, there's a whole lot to mine from that, you know, because we've explored the Waynes. It's time for the Canes to come out. Dan, what did you think of the trailer? I, 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 I love that they're back in Chicago shooting again. Chicago should be the only like maybe I'm biased. I'm totally biased, one hundred percent biased. No, as, you couldn't be biased about Chicago <laughs> at all. As as someone who is from the city of Chicago, I just or the suburbs of Chicago. Technically, my parents are from the South Side, but I like there's something about when you shoot in Chicago and you try and like say like this is Gotham that just feels like goth like mm-hmm. this is what i want gotham to be this is the architecture this is the the atmosphere this is the culture this is the oh it it is wonderful to see and um when they shot the pilot in march you know they're blocking off streets they're doing all of this stuff and the trailer is heavily featuring all of these amazing places and it really adds to this character that I don't know a lot about. I'll admit that I don't know anything about Kate Kane, uh, except for, you know, what happened in Elseworlds, but it makes me excited to see it. Um, and it's something that I, I would say dark Knight rises was missing, uh, in comparison to dark Knight, Um, because it, there's just something about it that makes, that draws me in, that makes me accept this world as what it is, as this city is Gotham. This is uh, a city full of crime. This is a city uh, that has a lot of problems. And it's just, I cannot wait to explore these characters because they're set in a world that I can accept as Gotham. Like, it, it it's kind of silly to think about, but it, it just 
it's just where my brain went because I'm totally biased in that regard. Um, but I, yeah, no, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see how she further in, ingratiates herself into uh, the the CW superheroes, as it were. Because um, I, I definitely need to see her and Kara teaming up at some point, maybe just on their own. Because I that would be so good. It would be so, so good. They, they had such a great rapport during Elseworlds. And I can't wait to see uh, what K-Kane is all about, because the only Kane I'm familiar with right now is Erica. Listen, I am convinced, especially after watching multiple seasons of Kara and Lena, that the producers of Supergirl are missing out on making her a lesbian. She had amazing chemistry with Lena. And that that is probably uh, a bridge too far now after what the preview is for the upcoming season. And she had great chemistry with Ruby Rhodes' character. I just feel like they just need to make Supergirl a lesbian and be done with it because she has way better chemistry with all of the female characters in her world that she interacts with than she does the men. Okay, Dan, I know that you were excited about the Game of Thrones prequel being mentioned at San Diego Comic-Con. What did you think, and what is the big takeaway for you? Uh, For me, the fact that they shot the whole show in in terms of uh, just the first season. The first season has wrapped production. I'm like, oh my gosh. The post-production stuff is going to take a really long time. Uh, but you know we're gonna get our dire wolves. We're gonna get our ice giants. We're gonna get the Starks and all of these northern houses, and we're gonna get all of these individualized kingdoms that'll create the political intrigue that I am here for. I'm so excited. Um, I I know, and the in the cast is just it's I. It looks so great in terms of just on paper, the things these uh, actors have done. uh, And I cannot wait to see more from this prequel. Mo, the DC universe is rocking. What there was a lot of news that came out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con for that. What most excited you? One of the things that excited me is, is that Doom Patrol has been renewed. Doom Patrol on the streaming service is one of the most absurd, um, shows comic book adaptations that i have ever seen and i'm here for it uh it totally leans into the grant morrison era of of doom patrol from the late 90s and uh, late uh, late 80s early 90s had a phenomenal cast i mentioned it i mentioned the show um in the previous ep no in our previous podcast it and I think if you haven't seen Doom Patrol, I think you need to watch it, especially if you've kind of want to compare it to Umbrella Academy, which there is some similar themes kind of, um, but I think it has, uh, Doom Patrol has a much better entry point, i.e. via Cyborg. I'm excited that, you know, that this show is getting a bit of an upgrade in season two, where it's going to not only be on DCU streaming service, uh, but it's also going to be on Warner's new uh, streaming platform, uh, HBO Max, and so it's going it, to. And it's been in the videos that uh, been promoting this new streaming service. It's it's you've seen the title card. 
really excited to see where they go from there. Tackled a, some, a lot of interesting uh, LGBT uh, issues and so forth. It just it's just a phenomenal show and it just needs to be on a bigger platform to get more eyeballs. Looking forward to Titans returning. Titans season Albion was a hot mess, but it was a train wreck of a mess that you just had to watch because you had essentially your Dick Grayson, you know, and, and every and and again we've mentioned Burt Ward as 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 Dick Grayson earlier in this podcast. The Dick Grayson from the nineteen sixties Batman uh, TV show cannot be any further from the Dick Grayson that we got in Titans. Burt Ward was not breaking backs. I mean, Burt Ward was not killing folks. Titans, they got, they got, they're supposed to be sidekicks. They are killing folks. It is crazy. It is off the chain. Uh, and they're going to increase the insanity in season two. We're going to get an older. Bruce Wayne, played by Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones. Um, we're going to get Superboy, uh, Con- the Connor Kent version, who, if you've watched Young Justice, you may be familiar with. You're going to get uh, Mercy Graves as, as Lex Luthor's assistant. They're, again, they're name-dropping a lot of these characters. Um, your Lex Luthor's, your, um, your Wonder Woman's, um, but they're kind of on the periphery of the show. The, um, the show kind of ended in a weird place, um, it didn't, the, the final season, uh, the season finale of Titans didn't feel like a season finale. It just felt like a penultimate episode. So I'm curious to see where things go. Unfortunately, um, when it came out at San Diego, that one of the stunt coordinators on the show was, was killed while, while, um, they were working on production for, for uh, an episode of season two. It, it's just really heartbreaking that something like that is, is happening. I, I truly hope that that, ma- that man's family, um, best wishes to that man's family. But again, I'm, I'm looking forward to that series. And, and finally, uh, the DC, uh, streaming service announced at San Diego that young justice will be coming back for fourth season. Third season is currently airing on the DC uh, streaming service or rather the second part of the third season. Um, I really like the first part of the third season, the second, the second part has not truly been working for me, uh, and I think that's because I'm missing Nightwing. I'm missing um, Superboy Connor Kent. Um, a lot of those traditional Young Justice characters have taken a backseat to a new team being led by uh, Beast Boy and so forth. But there's a lot of politics in this season of, of Young Justice, which has me also very intrigued. Um, my quick takeaway from the DC universe was the Harley Quinn trailer. I was totally on board for it until they started making fun of Aquaman again. Like as a kid, I loved Aquaman and he was the character that because of the cartoons, he always like got made fun of. And then we finally got a really badass Aquaman in the comics. We've had a, a really good Aquaman in terms of like showing what he can really do in the film. And all of a sudden, two steps forward, one step back, we're back to Aquaman being a joke. So that annoyed me. Um, we cannot end this podcast without me mentioning Terminator Dark Fate. I have not been like excited about a Terminator movie in a very long time, maybe since like the early 2000s ish. 
I am looking forward to this movie to the point where I got the dates wrong and thought it was coming out this weekend and uh, was like, I need to get my ticket because I need to go. I need to go. And then I was like, it's not showing up. Why is it showing up? And then I had to Google the date and I was like, oh, it's November. Uh, I am really looking forward to, to it. Did either of you watch the trailer? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Um, it, 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 I'll give you this. The 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 stunts, the fight sequences, the looks of the Terminator are impressive. Just personally for me, I'm kind of over the franchise. For me, the last Terminator thing that really interest, interested me was that the, that Terminator, um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That oh, old, that was old, yeah, that was that was no, a, that was a good. good. But let me tell you, the reason why I'm excited about this is Linda Hamilton. Straight up, her in these trailers is I am there for it. Dan, did you watch the trailer? No, I've I've never seen any of the Terminators, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I, I'm just I really, w- I really wish right now that I could gif on a podcast because I'd be giving you. I well, I think I'm going to just tweet you what the gif that I like was my literal expression. Okay. When you I, said that, I, I'm sure they're great. I just I've never I've never seen any of them. Yeah, so so but you are familiar with with Terminator, right? Like yeah. there there's a robot that goes back in time to like fight a woman. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And 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 you know that the former governor of California was the played the, the original yeah, yeah, Terminator. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamilton uh, and Amelia Clark. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. I just tweeted you, Dan. (laughs) Um, On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Dan is at The Real Dan Pierce, and Mo is at Dr. Mo 77 We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. I'll be back. What's a Terminator? (laughs) 